You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Second and goal. This is Jones inside the five to the end zone. Touchdown! Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. Hey, doing, Grump. I am recharged after my vacation. Was uh, in the islands for a little bit and then went down to St. Pete to see my Rays lay the smackdown on the Mets. So I know a lot of Mets fans who listen to this show, my apologies. I will say there are a lot of Mets fans at the games all weekend, but you guys are a true delight compared to what Yankee fans are. So you represented well. You were good fans. Good job. But we still we still worked you all weekend to take that. <laughs> it wouldn't be an episode in the middle of the summer if you weren't smack talking in another sport within the first minute of an episode. Well, everybody's going to have to kind of deal with. I mean, again, a lot of these people who a lot of who listen to this show are big Knicks fans, and you know, the Knicks are being in the playoffs for the first time in you know eight nine years this week coming up. You know, some of you people are net fans. Which probably you've been net fans for all of a year and a half, so congratulations to you. But uh, yeah, we're in prime smack talking season right now. So I, I just want to clarify: I hate basketball. Um, watching it, I really enjoyed playing it as a kid. I haven't played in forever, but a lot of fun to play. Less fun to watch, in my opinion. But a long time ago, you asked me if I wanted to go to a Knicks game, and I was like, I'd, I'd go if they're playing the Nets because I was growing up a New Jersey Nets fan. My whole life, so I, I've I've been a fan since forever. <laughs> no, I'm just, I, I don't. I do okay. not care. Um, <laughs> you know that. You know that yes. No, I, I followed all of that. I I did know about it. I just don't watch basketball. It's not that interesting to me. College basketball, I, I can get into right. um, because of single elimination. But you know, I don't know. But whatever. I just want it known I've been a Nets fan my whole life. We we talked about it with Bobby. I had a Keith Van Horn jersey and a Stefan Marbury jersey growing up. I like uh, the fact that you were a uh, a Nets fan in New Jersey, and now that they've become hipster in Brooklyn and got good, you have no interest. That's fantastic. (laughs) I think it was just I grew out of basketball as a as a spectator. Once I stopped playing it, I I just I don't know. Anyway. Lots of great fucking. We 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 had it. We had a week off. There was a lot of stuff that happened. Not really, actually. It, a lot of stuff when when nothing's going on. It's important stuff. But the reality is, you know, not much has changed. But let's talk about a couple things. The Giants had their voluntary workouts. All six. Well, everybody that was supposed to attend attended, um, which is good. They had full attendance. Um, that's awesome. At the same time, Logan Ryan and a bunch of DBs are, are training together in Florida right now. So, you know, this team, as we don't know how good they are, whatever. Uh, you know, we don't know how good of a coach Joe Judge is. You know, these are things that we have very limited sample sizes to make a determination. But it does seem like people want to be here and they want to get to work. It does feel like something is building. I never really got that indication under Ben McAdoo. Uh, maybe, maybe that first, like that 2016, like when the free agents were all signed. But I mean, like right off the bat, it—I don't know—it started to deteriorate right away. Yeah, let's 
Yeah, let's get let's not get crazy because remember everybody tries to win the off season and the stories will leak by you know in very strategic ways, surgical ways where things come out. So when you see a story like this, that's great, you know, and it'll be fun to be like they want to be there. And that, that, that's what you want to think. I I mean the two things that make you feel more encouraged and it gives it more credence are one. We were sniffing the playoffs last year. We weren't a playoff team, but we were, you know, a, a tank job away by another team from us being in the playoffs. And two, last year was a COVID year where they couldn't do any of this stuff. And, you know, it may be a grind for practice and OTAs and stuff, but these guys are football players. That's what they do. That's what they love. That's what their whole life has been built around. And they want to get out there and do it again. So now they have the opportunity to do it. Okay, so it's May and it's in Florida and it's unorganized and the season's still five months away. They're going to want to have a little more pep in their step to, to do reps and practice they may have in previous years because they couldn't last year. Absolutely, yeah. And I'm, I'm not indicating there's a, a, a big win in the offseason or anything, but it is it is nice to see that guys seem to want to be here and aren't just here for a check or, you know, on, on – totally you know, just another year of their deal. I mean, a lot of these guys have just been brought in and they're already working out. You know, that's that's all good. That Basically, things are, can only really be the news you want to hear or bad news at this time. Nothing is really going to be like super positive, like great news right now. So everything that's not a bad story is a great story. That's And that's how it's going to be all the way up until week one. Uh so, you know, just something to uh, keep in mind. But amidst all that, there was some minor hoopla over Kadarius Tony practicing with one shoe. Uh, apparently, it was an equipment issue where they didn't have the proper size cleats or whatever wasn't comfortable for him. That's been worked out. There was a small worry that he had hurt himself, people being crazy. But... I, uh... I picked, I picked the right weekend to go on vacation, basically. For if that's a, well, I, I mean, <laughs> he didn't finish practice, and the, you know, like I said, where every every story could be a bad story here. That that would, I mean, your first round pick hurting himself would be, uh, yeah. That's I mean, Juwan yeah. James, right in in Denver, De- Denver, I think Juwan James hurt himself working out away from the facility in the off season. Um, will probably miss the whole year. I think it's a torn pack or something. And then the added story is that because he wasn't working out at the facility, he doesn't – Denver is not obligated to pay him or something. Yeah, so I mean that was that was a whole story. But I mean that that is a thing. We saw that with Will Beatty. Will Beatty tore his peck in the offseason working out uh, away from the facility. And th- these stories can happen. So, you know, it's right to be a little bit afraid, but I mean – Try try and get a grip. You don't have to panic within seconds of the tweet that he didn't finish practice. Maybe wait for the press conference after or whatever. But also, the Giants signed two veteran free agents. They had a bunch of tryouts. Um, actually, they might have signed a third. I'm not totally sure. They, they had a veteran quarterback um, come in that I believe was playing... Former quarterback of the University of Ohio, um, and then I think he was playing in Canada. I don't know, but he was in there in camp, um, and he, they might have signed him as well. But they signed Corey Clement, running back, former Super Bowl winner with the Philadelphia Eagles, former Wisconsin running back, and 
Wide receiver Calvin Benjamin, who played for most recently Buffalo, before that Carolina, where he was a Dave Gettleman first-round draft pick, and before that a um, first-round pick out of Florida State. Um, Was that a championship team, Calvin Benjamin's team? He was on the Jameis Winston team. But the one that won, right? Not the year after? Yeah. Yeah, Um, Both have been signed. Calvin Benjamin did a lot of workout at the tight end spot, but is currently listed as wide receiver. This is going to be something that's not worth reading into. Just understand that he's signed. He can catch and can run. Um, that, I mean, the, I'm surprised that that I'm surprised that fat ass wasn't brought in as a left tackle because he was huge when he was a wide receiver. He, well, he, uh, well he, I mean, obviously, you guys know my stance on Florida State guys coming in here. I don't like any of them, so that may be my bias thing, but. He's now the lead for a couple of years. To me, any comment that people are making, reading into him being on the roster or making the team, this is May news. This is not September news. So it's it makes a little bit of a byline, maybe on the bottom of the ESPN screen. But if he's on the final 53, we got more things to worry about. Yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about it for just a second. Kelvin Benjamin. Um... When he was drafted, was not fat. Um, I mean, if Florida State was a, a wiry six foot five receiver, um, I, I had him ranked fairly high. I did not have him ranked as a first round wide receiver. I remember him specifically because I at that time was looking for tall wide receivers because it's something the Giants have lacked since like Plaxico Burris. Basically, we haven't had like a real lengthy wide receiver in a no. long time. So uh, I remember specifically watching him. I thought he was second round talent. I mean, he he was that was a good Florida State team. That was not a bad team at all. That was a great great offensive team. One of the best of the last twenty years. He went to Carolina, where you know we could debate for hours whether or not Cam Newton is a good quarterback. You know, an eff- effective yes, but but I mean. Some of his, th- I, I look and I, I get that, but you look at some wide receiver, you look at some of his throws, his accuracy is just inconsistent as hell, um, and and I mean it's been talked about to death, you know, from various media people. You know, when he's good, he's real good. When he's bad, he's real bad. Um, so you know, sure. some of the Benjamin numbers are really good, and some of them are really bad, and it's it's difficult for me as an outsider who doesn't care about Carolina, um, and somebody who has not watched that much to determine whether or not a lot of these are on Calvin Benjamin, if they're on Cam Newton, if it's the scheme, you know, what goes on in the meeting rooms. I don't know any of that. But the fact remains is that he was out of shape a couple of years into his career. Like real and it, it seemed to be like one off season, didn't it? Where like he just showed up to camp and was like two hundred and sixty pounds. He became a meme all of a sudden. It was just like who's the fat guy? You know, it's like, wow, it was it was definitely a thing that was joked about, you know, social media and everything like this all of a sudden became Mm -hmm. too many. Yeah. And it was one of those things where he like he put on so much weight that you didn't even need to see his body. You could see it in his face. It was just all cheeks. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, eventually found his way into Buffalo where he had a couple touchdowns. It was okay. Um, Like you said, this is a 90-man roster he was signed to, which is going to change dramatically between now and September. And even after final cutdowns, that first initial roster, the first 53, is going to switch immediately for week one. 
I don't expect Kelvin Benjamin to be much more than a camp body, but that said, he has some traits that we don't have. That is, he's six foot five. Um, he, you know, catches with his hands pretty well. He's he's a big target that can be used effectively. Um, and Joe Judge seems to be one of those guys who is just looking for people who can do things, not people who can't do things. Maybe he can't be a number one wide receiver like he was drafted to be, but he can still catch, and he is still very tall. Um, so, I mean, these are reasons to bring in a guy like that. Look at the roster in the last several years when we've had you know a plethora of injuries and we've had to really dig down. I mean, we're getting guys literally off the street who are no names, and it's like, this guy's on an NFL roster. I mean, he has some skills, and if you if he has to be brought in on a pinch as like a fifth receiver who has to play, I'd feel better with him than some of these scrubs we've had. But uh, I wouldn't read into anything about, well, what does this mean about, you know, the status of Evan Ingram, for example? Yeah, or nothing at all. Does this mean that they made a mistake with Kadarius Tony? No, 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 no. Not even close to that. Yeah. Um, that said, too, I don't really like I, I actually I want to rephrase that. I hate the way he catches. When we talked to, uh, a couple weeks ago about guys who make unnecessary jumping uh, whenever catching the ball, or, or it, it, this dude has like no yak whatsoever, uh, and it's like half self-inflicted. We're just jumping, falling, you know. And did, you're six foot five. Like if you have to jump, then the pass must have been way off. And you know they're right in his gut. And he's jumping. I, I can't stand. The only time, the only time I want to see a six foot five receiver jumping is if they jump ball in the end zone. Yeah, for real. Not on the thirty. <laughs> I want it in, in opportune times. Um, the, you know, the biggest thing to me with this, you know, signing or whatever you want to call it with him is, it puts more and more evidence against the common health theory about Gettleman that players hate him and don't want to play for him. Seems like there's quite a bit of guys we've had who've had prior ties with Gettleman who come back into the fold. So you know, all you hear, you know, there are high-profile guys who left, and you know, he cut, and he, they have beefs with them. But a lot of these guys seem to get a second life and a second chance playing with Gettleman or being contacted by Gettleman or them accepting an overture from Gettleman to come back. So don't believe everything you see. How much you know, he leaves a trail of people hitting his guts and he'll never work with him again. Yeah, I mean, the three guys, there's three main guys that had the grievance against Gettleman. It's D'Angelo Williams, who I do not believe was a Gettleman guy. You know, he was there when Gettleman showed up. Steve Smith is another one. Both of those guys were aging veterans. He decided to part with them rather than keep them around. You know, I think they both had one or two more years left in them anyway. So we're not looking at him passing up on big time and it was simply a matter of him not re-signing them as far as I understand it and then the last one was Josh Norman who he pulled the franchise tag away from and let him walk um, but Josh Norman is an asshole and we knew that when he did it We, we the, the Beckham-Norman thing had already happened um, that was already a problem um, and he was he was playing around with money he had a good year and thought he was going to make bank and uh, he's really, he's really just an above-average corner, Josh Norman. He's really not worth top dollar. So he's not the Darrell Revis category. Yeah. You're gonna pay no, him. not even close. Big time. Like, Revis. Um, and then the only other ones you can really talk about is you know Gettleman shipping them off would be Landon Collins and Odell Beckham. Um, 
and uh, you know <laughs> we've already talked about them enough. It's not even worth it. But yeah, why, why if you want? But let's do we can do a post mortem. You know, a year or two from now, or even now about it, and was it in the best interest of the team? Yeah. Um, football's a business, Grump. I mean, these guys don't like it, but and they have these incredible egos that they think that they are. Everyone thinks they're a Hall of Famer and should be there for 20 years getting top dollar. And by the way, it works. I mean, there's salary cap, there's competition, there's all these different things. And uh, you know, Bill Belichick is is well known for just cutting bait with these guys that maybe have just passed the peak, but he's not paying for past performance. And you know, there are no favorites with him. And it's, I think it's the same with Gettleman. And there's a couple of these guys, you know, because Gettleman doesn't have the, the cred that Belichick has. These guys feel they can bark at him and have any repercussions on on their uh, you know uh, their their reputations in the league. So I just think it was this interesting seeing this, and it just made me think that there's another former player who doesn't mind looking again. Yeah, the, the the last thing I want to say about this too is that just because the decision was made for a GM to move on from a player doesn't mean that it wasn't a hard decision. <laughs> like you assume that you know. You threw D'Angelo Williams out like yesterday's trash, but I mean that could have been hours of debate over who to keep and who to let go. That eventually ended in a, you know, uh, a decision that had to be made. Uh, it's it's Grub, very silly. Grub, it's very simple, Grub. All you people out there play fantasy football, and you're going through your roster on a Thursday. Whatever, I, don't, I don't know. I don't do fancy football, but whatever your deadline is to get your your roster in, you probably think about it for an hour, two hours. These guys, twenty hours a day, are analyzing every roster spot on a team and everything going on. It's not like oh, we're just going to cut in, like you said. They are. There is so much analysis, so much data, so much input from you know all the way down the, the organization. That these are well thought out decisions. So, yeah, it wasn't just like us oh, screw him. He's an asshole. I'm getting rid of him or something. No, it is as much research and effort and thought brought into these things because you know, quite honestly, one bad move you could lose your job over if you do something horribly wrong. So it's it's it's, it's not as simple as you think it is. You're not that these people are not fancy football coaches just with a beard laying out their thing. This is. Real thorough analysis. It's done. And I shouldn't have to be saying this, but I think a lot of people lose sight of that. It, it. Um, the other signing they did was Corey Clement, a running back. Um, I, I I really like Corey Clement, and I I did when he came out of Wisconsin. Um, you know, he kind of he was part of a rotational backfield in Philadelphia. He had a really big game in the Super Bowl. Um, but in general, uh, he's he's a good rotational back. He's got good speed. He's got decent vision. He can break tackles reasonably well. And he isn't really known for being a receiving tight end, but is capable of running routes well and catching the ball with his hands. I think that that is a quality signing for depth. And when you look at our running back room, you have obviously Saquon Barkley. Um, and then, you know, they made the big signing with Devontae Booker. They've drafted Gary Brightwell. But if you're not comfortable with Barkley coming into the season, and it's too early to tell if you'll be comfortable with him yet, um, you know, because it's only May, you need at least two dependable running backs going into week one. Gary Brightwell, 
is coming from Arizona. He was a sixth-round draft pick. Important to note that just because he was drafted doesn't mean anything. He's a sixth-round draft pick. So you're just kind of rolling in with Devontae Booker and a question mark with Saquon Barkley. I think Corey Clement has a legitimate 53-man shot to start the season. Um, And that's okay. That's actually good. Um, I think that this is playing it safe. I think Barkley is going to get probably some snaps right away. He injured himself week two last year, week two or three. Yeah, so, I mean, he should be probably getting snaps then. Probably okay, but just in case they're not, they've got this guy stashed away in the roster. He's perfectly capable of splitting reps with Booker for a couple of weeks. Even if he's going to get reps, I mean, is anybody really have any expectation he's going to be, you know, the full-time carrying the bulk of the 25, 28, 30 touches a game? Absolutely not. I mean, even if he's, if he proclaims himself 100% healthy, they're going to bring him along at the proper pace and, and timing. So, you know, and who knows? He might be something where there might be some little setbacks where you may have to sit a game or something and you can't leave yourself exposed. And we, that room has to be bolstered. Uh, I think, I also think that we may pick up another a, a name, you know, during cutdowns later on in the, in the summer too. I don't think we're done with the final competition for who's the number two running back in this uh, room. Yet. Maybe, but I think, I think part of the reason you want to do this now is so that you have a guy who is comfortable with the playbook. You know, you get those cutdown guys, oh. you're asking a lot of learning right away. Um, Oh, I mean, sure. I think, you know, you're taking a shot at a guy, but again, you know, who might be the number two or even a number three may still not be on this roster yet. Like, I, I think there's going to be another name that's going to emerge from somewhere outside the organization that's on that roster when, when we start the season. Maybe. And speaking of starting the season, the schedule was released. Hurrah! The, and, and we can go to games. I'm not doing that media narrative of like who cares it's a nothing. It's a something. I am sorry, but you especially know, especially this year. Yeah, of course. We, none of us have been to a game in a year, you know, especially up here in the New York area, and it's exciting. Like we know who we're going to play already. That's already established. But I mean, people like me who do a lot of traveling. You know, we go to all the home games. You know, Grump and I, and we go to road games. I go to Florida games, and I, I where am I going? Am I getting up at 6 in the morning on October 7th to fly somewhere? It's, it's kind of an exciting thing and planning it all out. And I think it's I, – I, I love this. I mean, I think it's silly how they drag it out to such this, you know, drama. I mean, you know, the, the leaks are fun during the day. But it, it, I, I'm not going to be one who's like – who goes to that cliche of, oh, they made something out of nothing. That's what the job of – every business should be as good as the NFL for hyping up something that – they can just send out an effects. They make a, they make two networks have primetime shows about it. It's good for them. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now that I don't think it deserves a show. But I like that it has a specific release date and time because I think the yeah. leaks are fun. I honestly yeah, think it's, it's a lot of fun seeing the beat writers throughout the day confirming, you know, week two and, and, and week three – like just all these random things throughout the day, and then finally getting because I didn't watch any of the shows, I could care less. But you know, I you know the moment it's official and you see it in a graphic, and it's like ah oh, confirmed these things are all right. Look at this. I I think it's fun as hell. I like that it has a specific release date and time, and it's not just that 
random four o'clock end of league day on a you know on a Tuesday or whatever. But I mean, it's like a prime time event. If they they can make it eight o'clock every year, I'll be happy with it. I'm, I'll never watch the show, but I'll tell you what's meaningless. Don't give me the the uh, week one lines, please. I mean, is that? I mean, really, it's the dumbest thing because we don't know anybody's roster. It was like, kind of like, oh, the Giants start with a, a tough game against Denver. It's like, really? Who's quarterback? The Denver's quarterback right now. I don't know. So that could be a difficult game. I mean, it could be Aaron Rodgers. It could be Mr. Rodgers, a quarterback. I don't know. It, it, it's, it's so silly how these guys are so quick to jump on the analysis. Who has the five hardest schedules? And who's it? We don't know any of these rosters. We don't know anything. It's just that's the silly part to me, and that's probably why we don't need the shows. We only have two hour show to have something we would be on board. Yeah, there's not really a ton to analyze there, but we're gonna do it anyway. So, of course, <laughs> um, let's take this in chunks of four and just kind of briefly go over it. So, for the first four weeks, the Giants start the season with the afternoon game versus Denver. Now, this was chosen specifically, I would think, because uh, it's September twelfth. And it's 20-year anniversary of when the Giants hosted Denver on... No, 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 no. Sorry. No, no we, we, we played on Monday night, September 10th. It was the first game... I think it was the first game ever of the new Mile High Stadium. Because I remember... Oh, we didn't host them. Right, right. Unfortunately, I remember waking up that morning of September 11th. I overslept because I was hungover from being at Riviera Bar watching that game on the Monday night game. And I woke up, you know when it was not good. So, um, yeah, that was 20, that was, that was September 10, 2011. Right. And, and the, the fact that Denver was chosen as, uh, the opener, it seems too coincidental is September 12th, but, um, you know, it's, it's the 20th anniversary, uh, makes sense. I think that's kind of mm-hmm. cool. I like, I mean, I'm, I'm going to state this probably a hundred times, uh, in this episode, but I hate primetime games. I hate watching them. I hate them on the schedule. I hate going to them. I mean, I, well, I, I just... You're in luck this year because we have no primetime home games. Yeah, and I, but I think the 4 o'clock and the 1 o'clock games each have their own feelings that I, I like. I like them both. I, I like the 4 o'clock game because you can tailgate through the 1 o'clock games and watch the whole league and red zone is really cool. And then all those games have implications on... You know, oh, look, the Eagles lost. This is our chance to, to get ahead in the division. You know, stuff like that. I love that shit. And, you, and then you walk into the stadium just as the games are ending. Um, that's It's so cool. I and, love that. And then you get out and you get home. And by the time you're home from the stadium, even if you're not, even let's say you're home watching on TV, you can take a nap or whatever or, you know, make dinner. And then the primetime game is on. It's just enough time in between the, those 4 o'clock games and the, uh, the primetime game. I agree with you. My favorite is the four o'clock game as well. Uh, one o'clock, you know, you're still, you know, if you watch college, you're probably hungover from the night before. You got to get up, and you got that that turnaround time is not easy. And especially if you're traveling, oh, that's brutal. I mean, if I'm going to Gainesville for a Saturday game and there's a one o'clock Sunday game, I'm getting up at four o'clock after blowing it out the day before. You put a full day in just before one o'clock. I mean. We're going to rally because that's what Giant fans do. But I completely agree with your point about the 4 o'clock games where I like watching, you know, whether it's Red Zone or Division Game or, or anything before. That gets me in the mood for my game. 
I don't need to watch those eggheads on ESPN or or NFL Network, you know, blabbering on. I, I, I there's so many good, you know, now podcasts to listen to during the week and, and all these things. I learned so much from all of you guys, all all the hosts, even their giant centric ones or NFL centric ones, where I, I got to hear these, you know, morons at, at ten o'clock with the most basic you know, puff pieces, like, I just feel dumber after the fact. So give me the Jameson room at 2 o'clock where we're sitting there and watching, you know, the, uh, Washington losing to somebody, and that's what I call a pretty good Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I, I mean, I like the 1 o'clock games, too. I understand your point, and it's, it's valid. Uh, but, but also, 1 o'clock or noon if you're in Central Time or 11 or 10 or whatever your time zone is, but that early game is just so classic football of getting up early in the tailgate it's it's as classic football as a, a summer baseball game with hot dogs is, is classic you know what I mean like it is just everything I picture when I picture football season is that one o'clock everybody's just kind of they've had coffee and they've already switched to Bud Light and uh, you know eating crap in the in the fucking parking lot and then everybody's marching in kind of at the same time there's no trickle in really with the one o'clock game because it's early, um, it's it, I, I don't know. It's just very cool, and then kickoff feels very cool at one o'clock. Um, I like one o'clock too. I just don't like the the primetime games, and I don't like football on non Sunday uh, for my team. I enjoy watching whatever on TV. But that being said, um, starting the season, if it's an away game, if it's an, if it's an away game, I'm fine with the the, the primetime games. I that's me, you know, because again. We're doing this every week. You know, the, the, the schedule is it's 17 games now over 18 weeks. That kind of means saying your Sundays are filled. So if we're playing, you know, if we're playing at Pittsburgh, we have to play these teams. It has to happen. Okay. If it's Sunday night, I can do something on that Sunday. Or if it's a Monday, you know, we, we can do things. So I'm, I'm fine with that. Just the going to it, especially – if, you know, the way we go with mass transit, it's such a pain in the ass at night and getting home, you know, we're not going to have the luxury of working from home forever. And at some point, go back to the office on a Monday morning. And that's well, I'll say this too, and we've talked about this before, so I don't want to like belabor the point, but I don't, I don't care. I'll go to whatever home game, right? If it gets because of COVID pushed to like a Wednesday or something, I'll, I'll be there. I don't care. Um, you know, that doesn't bother me, but there is a significant difference in the eight twenty crowd and the four o'clock crowd and the one o'clock crowd. Oh, that eight twenty crowd yeah. sucks. I'm sorry, Giants fans, but you guys do not show up at prime time. Those tickets are sold, and some of the people that go are showing. And understandably, they're showing up in their work outfits, but they're gone by third quarter. Fuck that. That crowd sucks. I, I mean, I, I don't well, enjoy being it, a part of it. It's it's boring. Well, what it is also, you got two other groups that, if you're a season ticket holder, may not be your cup of tea. You have the ability, because so many people sell their tickets. Giant tickets, we're the victim of our own success. You know, the, the wait list was a thousand years. There's still a long waiting list for people, who, for non-club seats. So, you know, there are a lot of people who want to go to a giant game and most of the time can't. And, you know, usually if you're on prime time, it's a marquee game. You know, they're, they're, not, they're not putting giants, 
Arizona Cardinals on on Monday night. No one cares. It's going to be Cowboys. It's going to be a division game. It's going to be, you know, Tom Brady. It's going to be all these different things. So it's an opportunity for if you go to seven games, you know, that eighth game, you want to make some one and bank some money, you're going to sell it. So it's the, 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 the opportunity for the people who don't normally go and don't, you know, and when they go that one time a year, they're going to blow it out. That's where we're going to we're going to get rid this is our one tailgate. We're going to blast it out in the, in the parking lot, and you're going to be hammered. You're having a great time, but the people around who know, you, know, you giant fans who are season ticket holders, you know what it's like. You, know, you sit with the same people. You know how everybody is. You kind of police yourselves, that whole thing. And all of a sudden, you get some crew from Long Island or some crew from Jersey, and they're just acting like you think they're in their living room. It's just, It's not the same. And also, the bigger problem, far more than that, that's when the Eagle fan shows up. That's when the Cowboy fan shows up. The problem as it is now, but the more people that are dumping tickets means it's more available. And I guarantee you, your buddy next to you has season tickets, sold your tickets to that Redskin game, guess who's sitting in his seat? Some guy in a Thiesman jersey. It happens all the time. Right. So that just that overall dynamic, it's not the normal dynamic. And again, maybe we're getting old and we're turning into old farts and we're screaming at the clouds, but not the same. Not the same at all. I'd rather, I'm 100% with you, Grub. This year, no primetime home games. I would mean. Yeah. So that said, that we turn around from Denver and go to Washington immediately. Week two is a Thursday game. I hate that. I don't like Thursday games because I think it's broken, but I like the idea of them. But week two... Already, I mean, you play one game and already you're on a four-day turnaround time. So, I mean, I, I guess the silver lining is nobody should be banged up at that point that they can't, you know, rally. Well, but they say the most improvement you make in a season is between week one and week two. You know, you, you do all the, the game prepping for the first game, but you have real legitimate film after week one. You can make little adjustments and, you know, you're losing so much of that prep time from week one to week two in a Thursday night game. It's, you know, these are the things that the, the league just does not care about the players or really the quality of, of play anymore. They just want the money. I'll do you one when better. The players' association doesn't care about the players. Uh, they would they, they would don't. negotiate this shit years ago, probably like a decade ago, if they gave shit. But they they don't. No, no. So I mean. There are ways, especially now we have an extra week that, you know, you could work out the schedule where if you're playing a Thursday game, you have the week off. Before. I agree. And, you know, something, you know, it, it, it sucks that somebody has to play on Thursday because that's the way that the, the program is. But I don't know. It, it just seems like we can work this out where, you know, if the, even if the season, if the season have to be 18 weeks, can the season be 19 so you can you can have more of this, you know, scheduling quirkiness out of the way, so everybody has a week off before the Thursday night game. And also, what about the teams that never play Thursday? Seems like a nice advantage for those teams. They, you know, that means they probably sucked because they're not going to be scheduled for Thursday. Everybody doesn't play a Thursday night game, right? Or a prime time? Uh-huh. They get rid of that. I don't know. I, I I don't know if everyone. I don't think they do. Well, there's 18 weeks, and that would be 36. So some people play more than one. 
Yeah, maybe they do all play one. I mean, they might, but I, I don't, I don't know. It just seems like a, a major competitive disadvantage is some teams over the other. But also, but Monday night and Thursday night are not equal. Of course not. And neither is Sunday night. I mean, they're... I don't know. Uh, I, I super hate that. That's probably my least favorite part of this whole schedule is playing Washington week two, Thursday night. And I don't like it for either team. I think it, I think it's bullshit. Well, yeah. The only silver lining is a giant fan is so does Washington. Yeah. And where does Washington play week one? Um, week one is home against the Chargers at one. All right. So we're not even catching a break if they were playing on the West Coast or something. So it's... Uh, they're home. We have a, a simple train trip or, or e- an easy, easy flight down there or something. So that's that's pretty much a wash. Yeah. I mean, a wash in that it sucks for everyone. Exactly. Um, and then we host Atlanta at 1 o'clock the next week, uh, which should be a nice, interesting game. Uh, really interesting to see what Atlanta is. They seem to be good and then not good every year. Um and then we travel to New Orleans for a 1 o'clock game the following week, the first week of October, uh, which is a possible road trip for us. Uh, I'm out. Uh, I'll have to be there in two weeks after for Florida LSU. I mean, the scheduling gods for the 30th consecutive year have screwed me again for Hope Two doubleheaders. Um, I, who knows with New Orleans? I mean, that could be who, Jameis Winston at that point. He could be benched by that point. It could be Taysom Hill. You know, <laughs> Jameis Winston could just as easily be benched as he could be NFC Player of the Month for, the, for September. It's true. And, I mean, really, right? I mean, would it really shock you if he goes off in, in September and every puff piece is, you know, the rebirth of Jameis and Jameis 2.0 and blah, 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 which doesn't mean by November 1st he's benched. But, um, yeah, I, I'll take my chances playing against Jameis any day of the week. Oh, for sure. It's, it's Sean Payton that we're all worried about. Nobody else. Yeah, but, you know, coaches don't throw. Very true. Um, Then we get our second division game. We go to Dallas week five at 425. Um, I like getting that Dallas game in Dallas out of the way in the early half of the season, so I'm perfectly okay with that. I might be the only Giant fan who never bitched that we started the season in Dallas. Other than, I mean, people hate it because, oh, it's the same thing every year. It's not fair. But to me... Get those division away games out of the way ASAP because, you know, they got to come to us in December at the shooting weather. And uh, you lose you lose another competitive advantage if you're playing in Arlington in December. The dome doesn't matter. Let's get this out of the way. And don't we have to worry about going forward? Um, we host the Rams and then Carolina back-to-back weeks. Um, both 1 o'clock games. I both of those are kind of anomalies, you know, new quarterback for both teams. Uh it'll be interesting to see how those games pan out. Um Rams are probably going to be uh a big issue for us, but you know, like I said, it, it's a new quarterback. It's not easy to just tell. Still got to come east. It's yeah, always yeah, still a challenge. Too. Um and then we get our Monday night football game uh the first week of November, first day of November, uh, at Kansas City. Um, that could be a road trip. Maybe. What else is in Kansas City? Oh, great barbecue. Eh, it's okay barbecue. Um, you ever been? 
What? You ever been? I have not, but I've I've, I've tasted the barbecue difference tour, um, and Texas is is my favorite by far. But Kansas City is still good. I'll take you to a couple of places there that are really really good. We went a few years back. It's a, yeah, it's it's one of those places. It's the quintessential mid-sized city where it has like the fun little entertainment district. You know, the stadium is uh, 10 miles east, five miles east of downtown. It's not, it's not like walkable or anything, but uh, that sounds like an experience. But, you know, something we may go and just get our asses whipped. So I think that's, that's likely actually. <laughs> let's, 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 let's think that through before we decide we want to become martyrs for giant nation. You know what? A couple of years ago in 2017, I had tickets to see the Giants play Monday, Monday night, Sunday night night game in Denver and I Denver was pretty good we were terrible it was 2017 we hadn't won a game yet I don't think and uh, we went in there and swept the floor with them I walked in fully expecting a loss and right from the get go beat the shit out of them did they have Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback they did not no okay just making sure just checking (laughs) yeah Um, I mean I guess the the temperature check for that game is we have to do a little research on the Kansas City fan you know, if they are, you know, if it's known that they're a pretty decent fan base who's not going to get on our cases, it's a consideration. If they are pricks, then maybe not. But that we'll put we're going to put that one in pencil for road trip. <laughs> um, then we host the Las Vegas Raiders at one o'clock the following week. Um, bummer, bummer that with the sun away game, but yeah, I'm going to say you can put that one in magic marker pen that we will be in Vegas. For that first road game, but uh, yeah, I mean that's always an interesting crowd that comes with the Raiders and the Raiders, the Dolphins. Even, I would even almost say the Cowboys. They seem like their national fan base is bigger than their local fan base. Like the Oakland and Miami are definitely have huge national fan bases. Yeah, and it's you know especially now they're in, in Vegas, they got to develop their own local base. But a lot of you know, people my age who grew up in the 70s and early 80s where they were good and they just stuck with them forever. With both of those teams, too. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah I would agree. I think Dolphins probably have a bigger fan base nationally than in Miami. They don't sell out down there. They haven't for years. I mean, for years, the Hurricanes drew a better crowd than they did. Ugh, that, that's saying something because they don't draw flies. Well, now. But I mean... No, they, they never... Unless it's a big game. If it's Florida State... Miami or Miami Notre Dame, they could sell out a, a two hundred thousand seat stadium. But when they're playing a run of the mill, they're playing Maryland Virginia game. You probably could get you know four tickets and you fill up with gas at Big Big Wiggly or something. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. Then uh, we get the middle of the season by week ten. Um. I'll say this: we haven't been shafted. Uh, by the the scheduling by week in a long time. The Giants always seem to get the favorable somewhere in the middle of the season by anywhere from week eight to week eleven. Um, so again, we we got a nice bye week there. Um, I think we'll win, I think we'll win the bye week. Yeah, but I mean it, it's a good time of the year to rest up, sure. heal up, um, and then they make modifications. Walk... It's a little coaching adjustments that may need to be made. Yeah, and just in time, too, because then they march into Tampa Bay for Monday Night Football against the defending champs. This is Um, bad news, Grump. 
I cannot attend this year's Alari Bowl. I know, and it's it's a pain in the ass that it's a Monday because if it were a Sunday, it's much more manageable. But once it's an away game, Monday night game, it requires an extra day off from work, which is just a pain. Yeah, that many of them. So you know, you have to take Monday off and Tuesday off because there's no way you're catching a flight after the game and getting to work the next day. So, I mean that 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 Tampa Bay game last year, we were in it. I mean, we definitely could have won that game last year. Was it like everyone's like, well, that's a blowout? Or like, well, do we know that for sure? I mean, we kind of hung with them last year. Yeah, and I get the Bucks got on this roll last year, but. I'm not expecting them just to pick up right where they left off. I think they just got hot. I think they got a case of 2011 Giants last quite, year. Quite literally, the defense got hot. I was ragging on that defense all year because they were not you good. Were, you were. They were yeah. not good. And when they needed to play at the end of the season into the playoffs, they were a totally different team. And I don't know if it was Todd Bowles holding on to things, light bulbs turning on, people getting healthier. I don't know what it was, but they were not the same defense that we played. If we played that defense in the playoffs, we would have gotten annihilated. But in the regular season, that was a close game. Here's your weekly, well, it was COVID last year and everyone was jacked up, so. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, that that could uh, be too. Yeah, especially, I I think I've noticed it. It just seems much more on the defensive side. Offenses, I didn't think would be, they weren't as, you know, pocket for a better term, than, uh, than the defenses were last year. Defenses were a mess college side to NFL side. It, it took a long time and some teams never got it playing proper defense and playing cohesive defense. They got it. It just took a while. Yeah, but he, so the, here's the other thing. A lot of people are like talking about Tampa Bay like, oh, they got everybody to come back. I'm like, that's cool. Um, So they're like the same team then and we got better? I mean, we, I, would, I would think that the Giants got better this over the over this off season, let me drop here's something too. It's a 17 game schedule now. I want to know how many of those 17 games, all 22 of those guys actually play. I mean, there's injuries, there's all sorts of things that happen. So it's nice on paper they're starting off with it. Let's see what happens. Yeah, and, and a lot of the guys that are coming back were guys that they signed out of retirement. Not a lot, yeah. of them, but but some of. I mean, some of the key players there were. They got lightning in a bottle, I think, with that situation last year. Everything kind of worked for them. Do it again. And, by the way, you you will have that, uh, you know, bullseye on your back. You're the Super Bowl and fans. everyone got a year fucking older, just like right. everyone else. So. Yeah. They'll um, get better than getting older, you know. So. And then, then following that is fight week, as far as I'm concerned. We're at home hosting Philadelphia at 1 o'clock. Fuck that team. Fuck that city. I cannot wait to just destroy that team. And it has very little to do with week 17 last year. I mean, so that that's still... But I just... It's nice to have a team I feel confident about going up against him. I just want to beat the shit out of that team. I just want... I want that... I want that traveling Eagle fan to leave. I want him to walk out in the third quarter. Their plan to win, their plan for success is trolling the Giants. That's it. That's their plan. That's what they've been doing since week 17. They, you know, they gave away a lot so they can beat us out of a draft pick. And, you know, something, congratulations. Tell me who's going to throw the ball to, you know, Matthew Smith. Good luck. I mean, have they made themselves better overall long-term? 
with their moves? No. You know, they, that's a team that they, congratulations. So in WIP, all those cheesesteaks can, can say, oh, we got over on the Giants again, fuck them. But it's like they're, they're digging a bigger and bigger and bigger hole that's going to take them a long time to build out of. And you're right, fuck them. I'm, I'm sick of that city. I'm sick of everything. I'm sick of their annoying fans. I'm sick of it all. So you're right. Hopefully we're at a point in the season where we talk about it's week, what, 11, 12? They'll be irrelevant by then. We should be in some stage of a playoff hunt. And, you know, we don't need the motivation of beating a bunch of punks who are trying to uh, own us, you know, through social media or through their maneuvering. We're going to be fighting for important things. So I think we just do what we have to do. The byproduct will be their embarrassment and them walking out early. So fuck them. Yeah. And then we get the extra game. Week 13, we travel to Miami for a 1 o'clock game. That's the that's the extra game. That's a potential. I've been, I was hoping for a December game from that Miami trip. The weekend, it's the day after the SEC game in Atlanta. I, I, see, a, I see a possible doubleheader on our sites. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't want to be in, in MetLife in, on December 5th. I'd be <laughs> I, happy to be on uh, a balmy beach on Saturday and then waltz into the stadium. <laughs> Hungover. Can you see the grump on Collins Avenue having some fancy drink at the Clevelander? <laughs> uh, why not? I could see myself on a rooftop. I'll be on. <laughs> it may be that I'm at two the places. Well, Brian, him, and LeBron just sharing lobsters yeah. together. What a say. I'll be on a yacht Saturday, and then Sunday. Sunday, I'll be wandering into the stadium with sunglasses on. All right, Gilligan. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Um, oh, th- th- that's cool. I like that game there. That's perfectly fine. Uh, then we fly out to LA. Um, four o'clock Chargers game, uh, December twelfth. We're we're not doing predictions in this. We're gonna have a, you know, we're gonna break this out like we normally do with our pen and pencil predictions, you know, preseason. But uh, I can tell you right now, I'm not looking forward to this one. This is not good. Playing the Chargers. Yeah. Uh... I don't, I don't, not much I like about it. I don't like going out there that time of year. I, I think Ever is a good quarterback. I, it just seems like one of those games we're not winning. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I couldn't believe that they underperformed the way they did last year. Uh, it's a very, very talented team. Very, very talented defensive front. Um, but, yeah. That's that's a tough one. And that's that's going to be one of those ones where we're in the division hunt and well, it's it's gonna that's gonna be the one where fucking Dallas wins some upset victory or some bullshit, and we we have the Chargers on our plate. So yeah, but the one good thing though is that um, it's a non division game, a non conference game. So we lose that one late, it's not going to potentially impact some of the tiebreakers necessarily. Other than we would probably need the win, so. right? Um, and then we then we host Dallas one o'clock. Uh, December 19th this is much earlier than usual that's usually either the last game of the season for us or the week before that but that's okay with me I like that home game against Dallas late in the year in December it's like my favorite you know December 19th at home that means you're probably not going to go to the the, uh, the family Christmas party Grump we might be able to get out of it what time is it? Uh, get what well, would be the same day as the party wouldn't it? Game, the game's at 1 or 4 we we'll have to send a video uh, to the party saying we wish we were there, but uh, 
I think Giants Cowboys. I think we kind of have to go to Giants Cowboys. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we'll. Uh, well, otherwise, some fucking schmuck from Bergen County who's been a, a Cowboys fan his whole life will take our seats. Yeah, I mean, again, we're not saying we're not giving up our seats to make money, but I think you know something. Blood is thicker than water, but in this case, giant blood is thicker than family blood. <laughs> Blue blood. I, I think the party might be out this year. Sorry, guys. Um, and then, so this is the run. We have the 1 o'clock Dallas game, then 1 o'clock at Philadelphia. I'd like to just just put a stamp on their season in their stadium. I'd love that to be – first of all, I'd love that stadium to be filled with Giants fans. That would be supreme. My note right here, my note. 50,000 giant fans potentially. Uh, I, I know, know uh, our, our friend the entertainer said he was going. You know something? There's such dicks down there that they probably packed this with this whole, you know, <laughs> their whole mantra of owning the Giants. You could absolutely see them filling that stadium on purpose just to A, start fights, B, be there if they do upset us because, you know, nothing's a given in the NFL. Yeah. That, they are not a rollover and die fan base. They have it's a prideful city. No matter that pride is based on pitiful excuses of human beings. Yeah, I, I as much as I'd love to see fifty thousand giant fans. Now that I think about it, those assholes might show up in force to cause trouble. Well, maybe they'll all leave to go watch the Flyers in the middle of the game because they'll be more competitive at that point. I don't know. Um, then we have the day after New Year's Day in Chicago. Uh, and that's the big one. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna briefly go over Chicago's schedule after this, just because they are the most important non-division team to watch this year with their first round I mean, pick in our hands. That game could be a game that for us determines winning the division or making the playoffs, or or if neither of those potentially. Improving our odds for our next quarterback. Yeah, but it's really the the, the the gamut and the gauntlet, or the you know the range of what the implications are of this game are that big, and that's not hyperbole talking about potentially looking for a new quarterback if those other things don't happen. Because remember, they have to think about Daniel Jones' option, picking it up, and, and you know what is the investment and what is the commitment to this guy, and if you know, Chicago is shitty. And we're underachieving, and it's because of number eight. Those are real discussions. Again, more than your fantasy football, let me fill out my thing before I have a beer. Real discussion. Yeah. Uh, It's going to be one of the most important games of the year. I think, Grump, I think that's going in pen. I think we're going. Yeah? Okay. We'll go to Chicago Pizza and Grind at Company, have a... Pizza pot pie that will warm us up for however cold and snowy and shitty. It I'll, is. I'll say that you know what? How about this? If if that game's a win, I'll buy us some steak dinners. Midwest steaks are uh, something to be right. held. I'll buy the pizza pot pie on Saturday on New Year's night. You buy that on uh, on the second. All right, you got it. Sounds can, good. I can do that one. Um, and then we close out the season at home, which I love, by the way. Against Washington, 1 o'clock. I love all of these things. I love all of these things. This one right here, this could be for the division title. Against Washington, and it's at home. I would love to have a crowd full of Giants fans 
witness clinching the play not clinching but I guess at that point if it's the end of the year I just want I just want a meaningful January game you know but we said last year that we don't have we never have meaningful games after Thanksgiving well now I want a meaningful game in January and it may not be officially a playoff game it's a playoff game because most likely most likely this game will come down to we need to win this to clinch Playoff spot, division, who knows? And uh, I want to see a fired-up crowd. I want to see shades of, uh, what year was it, Uh, 1986? That was the uh, the 17-0 game, the uh, with all the wind and everything, we we, we won the NFC uh, championship. The Washington game, yeah, I want to see a repeat of that. I want swirling winds. I want a gray overcast sky. I want eighty thousand. I want eighty thousand people at week one. Hint, hint, Governor Murphy. Uh, but I, I, I want this to be an atmosphere that this new stadium has not certainly not had yet. Um, two thousand two thousand eleven. They had that that Cowboys game to win it in. That was something. Yeah, I think though. But this is now a hungrier crowd. I mean, two thousand eleven. We already had. We we had a Super Bowl a couple of years out already, so that they were good in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, yeah, and two thousand ten. That's just kind of like maybe a bad example, but like the Steelers, where every year they're in the hunt, and it's like, all right, this is for the playoffs. This is kind of the extension, so it's kind of a little bit like that. Even though our playoff record is pretty spotty getting in, but back then, this is something we've been through hell and back. We've been through the rebuild. We've been through, you know. We've seen the Eagles win the Super Bowl. We've seen rivals win the Super Bowl. This is kind of like, a, a, in a small way, what Nick fans are feeling now. Like, oh, we haven't been here in a long time. So it will be a different vibe altogether. And then you're playing a division rival, a team you hate. Oh, I can't wait. And that, I mean, I, I feel good about the schedule. It, I, I, my really, the biggest gripe I have is that our two toughest opponents probably are Monday night games away. That sucks. Um, and then we have that Thursday night game week two, which sucks as well. Other than that, I, I like this schedule. Remember something, too. If we're worth half our salt, there's flexing. Yeah, that's and, true, too. You know, some of those November games that are a 1 o'clock home game can very easily be switched to the the, uh, the NBC game, too. So... You know, the schedule is kind of in pencil a little bit. We know when we're playing, which day we're playing these guys, the times might have some adjustment. I think, do they also flex from like 1 to 4.30 sometimes, like for doubleheaders and things? I think so. Yeah, I think they flex and also, and also, don't they do some Saturday games now in December after college is over especially? They do, but I don't know if they did it this year. We don't have any Saturday games. I can tell you that. Those might, that might be a flex situation where they move them. Yeah. So let's, you know, right now we're saying we're glad there's no primetime games. We might see some adjustment. Yeah, and that Washington case, game could easily be a primetime game. And guess what? The reason they would flex it is because we're relevant. I will gladly trade off coming home at 2 in the morning on Sunday night if it means playoffs for us. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, just briefly, I just want to look at Chicago really quickly. They have a tough schedule for a team that sucks ass. Um, 
<laughs> they start off immediately with the night game against the Rams away. I mean, that's already what a tough way to start the season. Um, and then, you know, they're in a tough division anyway with Green Bay and Minnesota being clearly better than them. Jury's a little bit out on Detroit, new coach, new quarterback, everything. Um, but they, they also have to play Tampa Bay. They have to play San Francisco right after that. They have the exact same bye week as us. But they have Green Bay week six, Tampa Bay week seven, San Francisco week eight, and Pittsburgh week nine, Monday night football. That's tough right there before going was, into the bye. I was just looking at uh, 2022 quarterbacks in the draft as you're mentioning the schedule. So keep going. Um after the bye, they play the Ravens week 11. Then they play immediately after that. They play the Lions, but on Thanksgiving. Uh, so that's pretty tough. And then Arizona, Green Bay, uh, the Sunday night game. Minnesota, Monday night game. Then us. And then Minnesota again to close out the season. Their, their second half of the season is pretty brutal. For a team Do you have that's... five wins? Have you seen five potential wins in that schedule? I mean, it is it is really tough to make a, a decision on a team I do not follow that closely. Um, it's a smell test. I mean, you kind of know. Mean, what I, I think seven might be the ceiling for that team. I mean, that would be something. I mean, again, there's a very good chance that Justin Fields is thrown into the fire and say, you know, well, I don't even two- know who's the quarterback. Week one is it Foles, Dalton, Fields? Who's to know? I mean, any one of those quarterbacks at any time could be playing. I that's why my I guess would be. My guess would be. I mean, I have no basis for this, but my guess is they're going to wait a little bit with Fields, and I think they want to see what kind of team this is. If this is like a complete oh, shit offensive line, it was, and they're they kill their quarterback. I think you're going to have Dalton be your guy for a while. If they, if they show up for a couple of games that like this offensive line, you know. Won't kill their quarterback. I think you'll see Fields sooner than later. But that that's a, that's a big decision too, and you know the impact. If, if Fields, if they're going to commit to Fields playing right away and saying you're the man, you're going to learn on the job. That makes a hard schedule even harder. And as good as Justin Fields is, he hasn't played that many games at the college level. Remember, he didn't he didn't play at Georgia, which is why he transferred. I think that he will be good in the NFL as long as he is treated well. I like I I think he is a talented dude. I think that he fell further than he probably should have. Um but he doesn't have a ton of experience coming out of college. Not game yeah, experience Dwayne, anyway. He has more than Dwayne Haskins did coming out of Ohio State. Well, but... I mean I vocalized those concerns with Dwayne Haskins immediately. I mean that was a right. huge that was the brightest red flag you could you could make is, you know, this dude has played one year because remember the three years he's been he's been eligible in college, he didn't play behind Jake Fromm at Georgia. He transferred immediately by the one year, and then last year, remember Ohio State played like three games were in the playoff for some reason. Yeah, but he didn't he didn't get that many reps last year, and he was hurt a little bit too, a little you know, dinged up here and there. So he's it's not. I mean, he was him and Trevor Lawrence were one two recruiting coming out of high school that year. They were both the can't miss guys and they were both like major, major scores. So I, I and he's been well coached. Um you know I I am not as nearly as concerned about him as I would be like Dwayne Haskins, for example. But 
if again if they're going to throw them in next year with that limited they're they're going to struggle and uh boy that trade didn't come up i think we're really going to smell like roses this time next year you know i i hopefully it's to fill a major need like you know uh, they're talking about long as hopefully we're talking about we just got our franchise quarterback out of it that would tell me a whole lot of things went wrong before something went right right yeah, but I mean, you talk about you know getting a linebacker for the next seven years in the draft at that spot, or trading down to get multiple things, or you know maybe you get a, a Pro Bowl guard for the next seven years. These are all important things that are missing from this team. Right, right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we obviously want Chicago to be one in fifteen this year. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Um, you know, so let's. This is not do or die for Daniel Jones this year, and we're going to talk a lot about Daniel Jones between now and this season starting, but the arrows all have to point in the right direction after this year. And that's kind of maybe a little unfair to him, but that's the that's the reality of it. And it doesn't matter what the fans are like, uh, you know, get him out of here, we didn't make the playoffs or something. It's no more excuses. No more, you know, training wheels. We have to see some potential being realized to make the commitment because again, we have a potential, uh, what, what was it in, in Willy Wonka, the, the, the gold key or the gold, the golden uh, ticket, the golden ticket. We have a potential golden ticket. Um, I, I, this is somewhat relevant now in May. This is a tough question. So this is just a shot in the dark guess. Who do you think is the worst team in the NFL? Right now, Jacksonville. Yeah. As of right now. You don't think that uh, Lawrence elevates them? Or Urban Meyer, for that matter? In time, they will. But again, we're, t- we're asking a, a, a raw rookie with a bad offensive line to go out there and play. And he's going to struggle. I think he'll have some games, have some pretty nice numbers, but they're going to struggle. I think that team, remember, what was it? Three years ago, they were like in the NFC Championship game? Or close to the NFC Championship game? They, 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 they were in the AFC Championship. They lost to the Patriots. Yeah. I mean, they rotted away so far and so fast. I mean, there was a lot of sell-off of guys and things. But, I mean, they, they haven't been able to hold on to a first-round pick in forever. Right. They've had some pretty bad ones, too. Yeah. I mean, you know, guys like Leonard Fournette, you know, they gave up on him. You know, that was part of the tank job. Jalen Ramsey, too. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, I mean, right now, you know, we might be one of the worst teams in the league next year. Philly. Philly, absolutely. I think Philly could be. I mean, Houston might be. Uh, I mean, I I don't even know what to think of that organization right now. Um, Yeah, I mean, the Jets seem to be doing everything right, but they're another one like Jacksonville where it's they're all off-season moves. I have no idea if it's all going to come together that quickly. Um, Chicago might be one of them. Chicago could be one of the worst teams in the league. Okay, I would. I if I was to put a bet in Vegas, where they would be, put a gun to my head, I'm going to say we're, we're going to get their pick at number five. Yeah, I, I think New Orleans might be sneaky bad this year. I think the drop off from Drew Brees might be more impactful than. Uh... I mean, well, I mean, if you're looking back with Jameis and the Bucks, I mean, it's that defense was a lot worse. 
know. Yeah. Better coaching, like to your point. It like just coaching. might be like a, one of those things that's shocking where the Saints are just useless. Um, I don't know. I, I, so much, I think, is credited to Drew Brees. Um, or, or maybe wasn't credited to Drew Brees. You know, like, oh, Alvin Kamara is really great and so is... So is Michael Thomas, and all these guys are super great. But I mean, Drew Brees was basically Sean Payton on the field with an arm. So he also kind of didn't have an arm last year. Yeah, I guess that's true. Well, I mean, I guess I guess that's it. I guess that's an episode. Um, that's, <laughs> that's what we call an episode, folks. We have a lot of cool stuff coming up. A couple of interview episodes are coming around the corner, and we're going to start our. Um, our way too early and win and loss predictions. Yeah, and pencils. Yeah, we have a um, oh, not not to give away who, but uh, we're gonna have somebody on to talk about Kadarius Tony, who knows Kadarius Tony probably more than I do. And we have coming up, uh, not confirmed yet the date, but a major giant podcaster coming on, which will be very exciting. Yeah, uh, been a beat writer for several years. Um, yeah. So all that, all that is coming up. None of those dates are confirmed yet, so we'll figure it out. But obviously, um, once we know, I'll tweet about it. So follow me on Twitter, at football underscore grump. You can follow me at the cranky fan because I have a lot to say. There's a lot going on right now with me, obviously. I have two teams in the playoffs. I just had a sweep of the Mets. We have Giants offseason to talk about. We have Gator football to talk about. We have a lot. So... Um, Follow me as always at the Cranky Fan and talk about whatever with me or disagree with me or whatever. Or shove that through my head up my ass. I don't care. Whatever you want to do. Uh, I'm here for you. Bring it. <laughs> and as always, the show can always be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, wherever podcasts are found. Ours is amongst the millions. Um, so give us a quick follow on there to get all our episodes in your queue first thing in the morning. I just saw we were the number 11 Giants podcast. Oh, man, we're, we're getting close to that top 10. We're getting there. That's right. We're just outside. so uh, We'll have to do better. Guys, we ask, give us a five-star rating and a review. Say how great we are. Maybe we'll hit the top 10. That would be fantastic. Wouldn't that be cool? And that would really, really make our sponsors happy. Well, I mean, <laughs> it be, maybe it would actually get us a sponsor, but uh, you know what I'm saying. All right, everyone. We will see you next time. Go Giants. Go Giants.